So we've been going through the Bible all year. Um, we started Genesis and we've worked our way all the way to James. And you're like, whoa, this is not a Christmas message. Well, it will be. You just have to give me patience. So uh, in James, Jesus is the power behind our faith. So if anybody says, well, I could do it on my own. I don't need anybody else. Um, I'm a, you know, a Christian who uh, has faith in me, myself, and I. Okay, you can't save yourself. That's the whole reason that Jesus came is because you can't do it yourself. And so it's the power of Jesus. And if you want to read a book in the New Testament that will really hit you between the eyes, it hits me every time. And I'm like, oh, I got to get, I got to do better. But then I say, I got to do better. Who, who, what's the problem with that statement? I. It is Jesus through me that brings change. It is not me. And because he's healed me, because he's given me a new spirit and a new purpose and a new direction, I have faith in Jesus, in his power, not mine. And so when we go through these things, uh, Mary and Joseph had faith also. And so when they went through um, their trials and the things that they heard around them, um, they pointed towards God. And so we point ourselves towards God today. So we have power to face trials with Jesus. So we face all kinds of trials or pain, hurt, disappointment. And more as we grow older, uh, actually Ecclesiastes says, the more knowledge we have, the sadder we become. True? The more pain we endure because we know more. Now, if you just want to have an instance of this, when you were a kid and you watched a movie, you were like, oh, that's a great movie. And then when you get older and you're like, my mom let me watch that movie? Let's just take, for instance, Greece. Greece was great when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, this is a wonderful musical. And then I grew up and I'm like, oh, it's all about one thing. Hmm. Interesting. And so there's an innocence. And then when you grow older, you have this pain and hurt and you and your knees hurt and your back hurts and you're, you're mentally unstable. And, you know, you, my, my elbow is killing me because I've been on guitar for 20 years and, you know, doing computer since I was eight. And it just hurts, and you have emotional uh, trauma, and you have all kinds of these things because our bodies are weak, and there's sin in the world. It is not God's fault that you have that. I just want to tell you that right now. Our world is fallen. Our bodies are fallen, and we're going to face trials. But the great thing is when we face trials, we can do it in two different ways. We can either be really bitter, or we can be better. I know that's really cliche, isn't it? But seriously, look at James chapter 3, I mean, James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What? That can't be right. Consider it pure joy? What's wrong with you people? If you're a Christian, you have this different outlook on the things of this earth. You're like, oh, this is only temporary. This is not going to even be worth it getting upset about. This is a joy because I can help other people and I can get deeper with Jesus. Instead of saying, I'm running away from God. What does that do? Anger does not hurt anybody else except who? Yourself. I mean, try to be angry at somebody. Do they really care? No. It only hurts yourself. 
So you have a choice to be angry or not. So you have a choice with Jesus, with the power of the Holy Spirit, to say, this is joy that I'm going through. Listen to the rest of it. Because you know that testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be a mature and complete, not lacking anything. You're resilient. That's the buzzword these days. You're resilient. You can bounce back. You can help other people when you go through troubles. And so Mary and Joseph would face a lot of trials. I think one of the most dangerous trials was fleeing from the wicked king and running to Egypt before the king murdered the two-year-olds and down. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to murder him. Now, we understand we have the, the, the baby being born and the shepherds come and everybody's all joyful and wonderful and they're in the house and they're having this great um, party and the Savior is there. But trouble comes. Right behind the joy is going to be trials. I hate to tell you that. Where there is joy, there will be trials. Now, when we get to heaven, there will be continual joy. But right now, we have to have both so we can persevere. And so after the great story of the birth of Jesus, Joseph is warned, get out, get up, go to Egypt. Which is funny because... Where were the Israelites when they were enslaved? Oh, Egypt. Interesting that our Savior takes away the slavery of sin, and he actually went to Egypt. Interesting. So as they faced those trials, God helped them in many ways. And he can help us too, through the power of Jesus. And so Jesus gives us power through his birth, life, death, and resurrection. So we might go through trials. I think it's a joy. I think it's a privilege to go through trials so we can be better for it. There are a lot of things that I look back in my past and I'm like, thank you, God. Now I can help understand. I can have empathy. I can have sympathy. I can have understanding of people who go through that. And I don't know everything. Trust me. I do not know everything. That's a lot to admit for a guy. I don't know everything, but God does. And so he has given me that strength through trials. It's a whole different perspective when you look at it through Jesus' eyes. And then, not only then, he gives us power through words. Oh, Mm. words. Those little things that can cut deeper than a knife. That stay with you forever. <laughs> Literally, I can go back to fifth grade, and my math grade, my fifth grade math teacher, you know, put me like he picked me up, threw me against the wall, and said, "You're no good." I can still remember that day. At that time, they could, and they didn't get in trouble. That still haunts me for today. That I'm no good. No matter how many people say I am or how, what, good I, what good I've done, that sticks. Every one of you have those moments in your life where words hurt. But the great thing about words is that they can do well, too. They can heal. Oh, words. 
I've always tried to teach myself and my kids that what you say to others, you're saying to God because God made them. So if you say, I hate you, what are you saying to God? I hate you. If you say you're a stupid idiot, guess what you're saying to God? You're a stupid idiot. God does not make junk. God does not make mistakes. And you are not a mistake. Actually, you're one in a billion. And he loves you. But our tongue is a powerful, powerful weapon and healer. James chapter 3, 9 through 10. With a tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. We sing. We just sang, right? We just sang all these things to Jesus. We're, we're, we're into the words, and it's great. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Now look what James says here. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Am I perfect at that? No. Am I getting better? Yes. Through whose power? Not mine. Every word that comes out of your mouth. There's another scripture that says every word that comes out of your mouth you will be judged on. Actually, science has found that when we say something, it stays in the universe forever. Now, we can't hear it, but it literally stays out there. That's why when you have an invention, you're not supposed to say it out loud. You're supposed to write it down. Anyway, it stays out there forever. So all the words that you've said all over the world, it is still there. Your tongue is a powerful, powerful tool. Just like the Internet, you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. And it, I, I cringe when I say something against somebody. And I shouldn't. And then God says we need to forgive them. Because if you don't forgive them, God does not forgive you. Oh, stepping on my own toes today. When the shepherds saw, they spread the word. So here's this miraculous, wonderful gift that was given by the angels. Say, hey, go see Jesus and then go spread the word. Now, do you think for one second that from that point until the shepherds died, they said every perfect word? No. Look at Luke chapter 2, 17 through 18. When they had seen him, when they seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You think the shepherds' words were all perfect the whole time until they died? No. It was perfect what they said to other people, but I bet you anything they had other words that came out of that mouth that should not be coming out of that mouth. But see what Jesus did? He instilled in broken people the message of healing. Then that, that just amazes me that I am broken, I am nothing without Jesus, and he gave me the words to do his work. I am an empty vessel until he fills me. And these shepherds, the lowest class citizen, and he gave them this message. And he gives us that message too. How broken we are without Jesus. We all need to know how powerful words are. And when we know how powerful our words are, we can step back and think before we say something, and that's called wisdom. So Jesus gives us 
power through wisdom. Wisdom is when God uses the knowledge at the right time for the right purpose for the right way. So James gives us a formula of how to use wisdom in our everyday life. James is very practical. If you want to go and get some practical things that Christians should be doing, then this is a book. James chapter 3, 17 through 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, what? Pure. Then, peace-loving, considerate, submissive. Submissive to who? Ah, very good, Jesus. There you go. Full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Now, righteousness is a big fancy word saying you're right with God. Okay? And so if we're going to be a peacemaker, then we will reap the heart harvest of being right with God. See, wisdom is taking your knowledge. Now, you can have all the knowledge in the world and win all the Jeopardy tournaments. Man, my dad loved watching Jeopardy. Useless information, unless you're on Jeopardy. But you have this knowledge. You can have all this knowledge, but you, if you use it incorrectly, it's not wisdom. It's called what? You're a jerk. <laughs> But if you take the knowledge and you use it at the right time for the right reason, for the right purpose, it is called wisdom. And who directs us in that wisdom? That's Jesus. Look at this. In Luke 138 says this. Now here's the combination of words being used right and knowledge turning into wisdom. Look at this. This is awesome. This is before Jesus was born. The angel comes to Mary and says, this is going to happen. And she's like... Uh, nope, running away. See you later. No. What does she say? Look at this. Luke 138. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Can you imagine? I mean, Mary, a virgin, sitting there and saying, okay, sure. And her faith and her wisdom increased, not even knowing that that was going to happen. See, that's the miracle. It's beyond science. When it's beyond science and we can't explain it, guess what it is called? It's called a miracle. I can't explain it. Nobody can explain it. That's why it takes faith. If we could explain the whole Bible, then we wouldn't need faith. There you go. And so we can have power to face trials, power through our words, power on how these things, to use them at the right time for the right purpose, for the right reason. And then when we do that, guys, listen to this. this is, I know this P word is very, very hard, and it's hard for me to, okay? The teacher has a lot of it. Hopefully they have a lot of it. Hopefully parents have a lot of it. Hopefully. I don't have a lot of it, but Katie has better patience than I do. Power through patience. You have to wait for things. How many people like waiting? <laughs> yeah, nuts. So it's a choice through the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us with patience. It is not a natural thing for us to be patient. It is against our nature to be patient. Seriously, look at your phone. I can look up Google. How many seconds does it take? 0 0.08, half a second or whatever. And you get millions of searches. You're like, oh, I can do that. I can pick up the phone and call somebody 
in uh, Guatemala. You know, my phone works better in Guatemala than it does in Canaan, Vermont. Anyway, <laughs> but we don't have patience anymore. Our culture says, no, 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 don't wait for that. And, oh, yep. Or like these movies on TV. Katie and I have been talking about this. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay, You had one chance per year to watch it on TV. You had to get the TV guide. You had to see where it was. You had to like get your food done and everything. You had to sit in front of the TV. And you better not go to the bathroom. Because you had one chance. Now you just go, Amazon. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. How many? And, you know, it just says, more ways to buy. There's no patience anymore. Look at James chapter 5, 7 through 8. As a Christian, we need to choose this. James chapter 5, 7 through 8. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Oh man, do I have to wait for God to come? I want to go now. Why? Why do we need to wait? See how the farmer waits? For the land to yield a valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. And in other scriptures it says he's waiting for everyone to come to repentance. Man, he has a bigger heart than I do. Same with the baby Jesus. He grew up child to an adult. He still had to grow into a man he was going to be with the direction of his earthly parents. But it took patience on all their parts. Same with us, we have to have patience. And the only one who can give us power to have patience like that is Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 2, 39 through 40. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town in Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. We never hear what happened from like two-year-old through uh, 12 when he was at the temple, right? Well, all we hear is that he grew in stature and wisdom. That's it. Now, you think Mary and Joseph had to say, nope, don't do that. Yeah, that's not a sin. Like, if I'm going to put my hand on the, on, the, on the stove and my mom says, no, that's not a sin. That just says, don't do that or you're going to get burned. And then Jesus didn't do it. So he had to be taught by his parents as he grew in wisdom and stature. And then we see him at the temple at 12 years old. But we never, never hear anything about his childhood. But I bet it had to be a lot of patience on Joseph and Mary. A lot of patience. Because they weren't perfect like their child. And can you think of all the brothers and sisters he had? Oh, be like Jesus. Can you be like Jesus, please? Can you be more like Jesus? I wonder why it took Jesus to actually die, resurrect, and then his brothers and sisters were like, oh, I know why now. And then Jude, his brother, wrote the book of Jude, which his name was actually called, anybody know? Judas, which he changed it to Jude, thank goodness. And then he wrote a book about his brother Jesus. Amazes me how much patience Mary and Joseph had to have. So, how do we get all these things? Well, we have to have Jesus first. We have to have put faith in Jesus, and then repent and confess, and immerse into water for the forgiveness of their sins. 
and live with Jesus for the rest of our life. I mean, the Bible spells it out pretty well. And everything that we do cannot work unless why? Unless how? Because Jesus is the power. If we don't have Jesus when we repent, there's no power. If we don't have Jesus when we confess, there's no power. If we don't have Jesus in immersion, there's no power. If we don't have faith in Jesus, there's no power. It all comes back to who? Oh, hmm. I wonder what Christmas is about. Jesus. And so, power through Jesus to face trials. Power through Jesus to use our words for Jesus and his glory and not to hurt others. Power through Jesus to use Jesus' wisdom and the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Power through Jesus to have patience as we grow in Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. What's it all about? Uh, Hello? What? Who's it all about? Okay, it's not about you. It's about Jesus and his power and his glory and his wonderfulness and everything about him. And then he gives us everything back tenfold, hundredfold to use to help others. See how that works? And when we say no, it cuts off everything. When we say no to God, we're like, no, I don't want all those blessings to share with other people. And then it cuts off and we're selfish. We need Jesus's power. We can't do these things alone. Try to face trials without Jesus. (laughs) It is the hardest thing in the world. Try to use your words correctly without Jesus. Oof. If Jesus wouldn't say it, you shouldn't say it. Try to use your wisdom instead of Jesus. Doesn't work for me. I don't know about you. Try to be patient by yourself. (laughs) It don't work. It all has to go through the power of Jesus. So we're going to have a moment to reflect on these things and have a silent moment here. I want you to understand. I want you to be encouraged that it's through Jesus. And see if you want to do that. If you want to do that, then read the Bible, come to one of us, another Christian, and know how to put faith in Jesus. Because if you don't, you're going to miss the boat. It's Jesus or nothing. That's the choice. Let's pray, and then we're going to have a moment of silence. God, thank you so much for James pointing out these things to us. God, I repent of some of these things that I don't have working in my life, but that's okay. You will work those things through your power, not mine. God, I pray that we will mature in your word, that we may know that your wisdom and your words are powerful. God, help us to have patience and to know that we need to wait on you. We thank you for Mary and Joseph and Jesus and and the story that is so true. And God, thank you so much that we could be with you and others as we celebrate this time. I pray that we will think about these things as we have this moment of silence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.